What's poppin', my people? What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Radical Latino Show. It's your gracious host, the Radical Latino, also known as the Sofrito Gangbanger. <coughs> What's up? How y'all week? My week's been crazy. I have a lot of things lined up. You guys are gonna enjoy it. I hope you guys enjoy it. Just be very excited and just be looking out for it because I got a lot of things lined up that is gonna, you know, help you guys out with the information and everything else. So, you know, just stay in tune and, um, you know, just keep, keep on, keep on listening. Um, a couple of things I want to talk about. Um, I'm gonna give a 6-9 update from this last week. Um, my man... Listen, I don't even know if he's trolling at this point or what, but apparently the NYPD put out a statement saying, listen, he's not lying about the whole, uh, you know, kidnapping situation. He's not lying about that. We got video evidence and surveillance footage and all this other crazy shit that, you know, what he's saying is true. And, you know, the whole conspiracy of him doing this while Nicki Minaj is, you know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not feasible. It's not happening. So, you know, they kind of dead those rumors, but I don't know. Because 6ix9ine also went on an interview with DJ Academics. And um, also I've seen another interview with him with... Um, you know, the Angie Martinez show. Um, basically, he said that uh, there's somebody close to him that did that shit. You know what I'm saying? Somebody close to him. And the way he put these two things together is that he was like, he, he knows he talks shit. He was like, listen, I, I talk shit throughout my whole career. I've been talking shit about Chicago, Houston, you know, Texas, uh, LA, and all this other shit. And nobody has ever ran up on me. They don't know where I live and all that other shit. The only people that know where I live is my niggas. So what do you think? And that's a very, very, very deep connect. I I even said it. Remember? I said that shit last week. I said, watch out for the people around you, Six. Watch out for the people around you. And guess what? He put that connection together. He put that connection together. So, yeah, I do believe he got touched up by somebody close to him. You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. I hope, you know, I hope the best for that kid. And, you know, I hope everything goes goes well. But he he's giving, um, he's not giving that much information out. You know what I'm saying? I think what I think is going to happen is, um, He's going to handle the shit internally. And, you know, without getting the law involved and all this other stuff. And it could go it could go both ways. It could go where he doesn't get touched and is handled internally. Or he actually gets touched because it, uh, whatever the outcome, how he's going to handle it, is going to come back to him. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully everything goes well with that. Um, 
like I said, I'm in New York, so the, the streets talk. You know what I'm saying? But all I'm saying is, um, I I know he's gonna. I have a feeling. I have a feeling that he's gonna handle the shit internally. You know what I'm saying? Um, also, something else that happened this week. Um, there was a two sisters, two black sisters that got stabbed up by a white supremacist in Oakland, in the train station in Oakland um, during the week. Uh, one of them died, the 18-year-old girl by Naya Wilson. I think that's her name. Let me, uh, let me double check if that's her name. I think that's her name. Naya Wilson. You know what I'm saying? Uh, blah, 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 um, yeah, I think that, yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely her name, um, Naya Wilson, and I've been, I've been on Twitter, you know, when that shit came out, I was on Twitter going in. Just going in, talking about, you know, all the, like, how he's a white supremacist and all this other crazy shit. And, you know, I got I got a lot of heat for that. I got a lot of heat for that. And the crazy thing is, um, so let me just give you guys the facts. So, this guy, right, um, this white suspect. His name is John Lee Cowell, and he has a, you know, he has a history of, uh, you know, coming in and out of jail or whatever the case is, but whatever. So this dude, um, it's, you know, he's in the train station. He passed by multiple people and targeted these two black girls and stabbed them both in the neck. One died, which is Nia. Neil Wilson, rest in peace. You know, stabbed one of them. I mean, both of them, but one of them died. My man had enough sense to clean the knife and change his clothes and leave. My dude had enough sense to do that. And it was all over Twitter. You know, you know, uh, suspect on the loose. This and this and this. Suspect on the loose. All this other crazy shit, right? When they're broke, you know, I'm like, listen, you know, I hope they catch him or whatever the case is. They finally catch him, right? And they treating this dude like he didn't do anything. Like he just didn't just stab up two people and kill one. They treated this dude so, like, nonchalant. Like he just, like he just shoplifted. They're treating this dude like... You know what I'm saying? Like, nothing happened. So, I'm like, oh, man. They're going to give him that white treatment. That Dylan Roof treatment. You know what I'm saying? They're going to give him that white treatment. Everybody was saying, oh, they're going to say that he's mentally ill, mentally ill, mentally ill, mentally ill. Man, that didn't take long. There was this article that says Bart, um, the Bart stabbing suspect 
mentally ill. They gave him that mentally ill treatment, which was crazy, which was crazy. And mind you, my man is mentally ill, right? My dude is mentally ill. So that means you don't know what you're doing. It's not premeditated. You don't, you, you can't control yourself. But my man had enough sense to change his clothes and wipe the knife out. Like, you know, just clean it out. My man had enough sense for that. So if you can change his clothes, that means it's premeditated. You know what you were doing. You know what I'm saying? You know what you were doing. And then the white supremacist media went all over this whole thing. This uh, KTVU, they put out a picture of Niall with a gun. It's a picture of Niall holding a gun. And it's like a way to like say, oh, like she deserved it. This is a demonization of a victim. This only happens to black people. This only happens to black citizens. They demonize black citizens. Remember when that little boy fell in that gorilla cage? The first thing they started talking about was that boy's father owing child support. Like that had anything to do with it. Was it child support, I think, or was it um, the arrest record or something like that? But still, it had nothing to do with anything. But that's what they do to black citizens. When they're victimized and something happens to them, they have to be demonized. Victim to a demon. They have to be demonized in the public eye. Because why? We live in a system of white supremacy. This is more proof. They never do this to white victims. They never demonize a white victim. Remember that Somalian um, cop that shot that white woman? There was no demonization for that white woman. Nothing. No negative articles. Nothing came out for that white woman. But yet when somebody's black and they're the victim. Oh, well, you know, he had parking tickets. So that's the reason why. Well, you know, he just came out of jail three years ago, right? You know what I'm saying? They got to demonize someone black to justify why they got harmed. You know? So... You know what I'm saying? She has a gun and all that. Last time I checked, that's California. And you're able to have a gun. Last time I checked. And I really wish she really used that gun on this murder, um, this murderer. I really wish she had that gun with her. She has Second Amendment rights, doesn't she? So why demonize somebody like that? You know what I'm saying? Why demonize somebody like that? But we live in a system of white supremacy where is I'm white and I say so and what you see is not what you see, is what we tell you to see. You know what I'm saying? So that's a very clear example right then and there. So they gave them the mentally ill angle, you know what I'm saying? And everybody started coming at me on Twitter. Everybody started coming at me on Twitter. Especially when I posted, I posted, I posted this. White supremacist John Conwell getting arrested by BART police. 
Look how casual and relaxed they look. Remember, the same BART police who killed Oscar Grant for being unarmed were able to take in the armed white suspect alive after he killed a black woman. That's what I said on Twitter. And which is true. You know, this is the same BART police that shot Oscar Grant in the back while handcuffed. The same, the same people. There was no difference. It's nothing. You know what I'm saying? The same people. And then I started getting, you know, these these white people trying to, you know. But remember, whenever you call out white supremacy, suspected white supremacists and white supremacists are going to try to defend that because you're not supposed to call out white supremacy. You're not supposed to call out the hypocrites, um, you know, being hypocrites. So, one of one of the people was like, where's the evidence that he was a white supremacist? You're giving them credit for horrible murder. And, you know, remember, you do not need white supremacists to confess that they're white supremacists, okay? People, hear me out. You do not need white supremacists that you know are white supremacists based on all the clues that you gather and evidence that you get that they're white supremacists. Because even if they are white supremacists and you point stuff out, they're still going to deny it. They're still going to deny it. Look at the Ku Klux Klan. If you talk to some of their members, they're like, we're not racist. But they're part of the KKK. They practice racism. That's part of their creed. But then again, they say, we're not racist. You know what I'm saying? It's all deception. I'm telling you. It's all deception. This is part three. Remember, part three of understanding white supremacy. I already told y'all in part one. First rule of racism is confusing people of what racism is. All right? So he says, you know, what is your evidence? And I said, attacking a non-white person is the first clue. But what's your evidence that he isn't a white supremacist? He goes on and says, dude was mentally ill. He had just gotten out of an asylum. There's no proof of that. I'd say that's more of a motivation than the a girl's skin color. Like, come on. And I was like, he was mentally ill, right? Dude had enough sense to walk through a bunch of people with a knife and only attack two black girls. That's a white supremacist. Let's not get it confused. People, remember, put it back to the narrative of white supremacy. Always bring it back to the narrative of white supremacy because that's what it is. Always bring it back to the narrative. They will try to confuse you and they will try to deviate you from that narrative. Always bring it back because they will say some slick shit that will get you off guard because they'll they'll be like, well, you know, he went to college. And then you're going to be like, what does that have to do with going to college? He killed two people. You know, no, 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 no. Don't, just, don't worry about that. They say some off the walls dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, don't even worry about that. Oh, he went to college? Okay. He saw the white supremacists that killed two black girls. Well, one black girl. You know, and stabbed up. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't worry about that. That's one of their tactics. Don't do that. And he said, perhaps he just wanted to hurt women. 
And those are the first he, two he encountered. If you guys look at the photo and the video, he passed by multiple women, multiple people. The only two black people that they were women were in that station. The only two. And guess who he targeted? Those two. I said, no, dude. He passed by a bunch of white women and attacked the only two black people there. Then he had enough sense to change his clothes and clean the knife. That was a white supremacist attack and we should call it out as such. It's true. It's a white supremacist attack. Look, I brought it back to the narrative. I brought it back to the same narrative. But this is what we got to understand. That white supremacists white supremacy is on code with everything when something happens that's not true we tell you what it what's true you know what i'm saying that's what white supremacy is and this is something we have to understand it's hard to deal with but that's something we have to understand i also saw other things on twitter actually Tariq Nasheed pointed this out that in one of the surveillance videos he has shoes with white laces um in many white supremacist organizations especially the kkk white laces means that you haven't killed someone black yet and when you do kill someone black they'll give you red laces red laces because that means you shed some blood um to me i i see I see sneakers, but they also could be boots. You know what I'm saying? But I do see the white laces. Um, I, I'm not going to say that that allegation's a, a stretch. I'm not going to say that. But then again, we can't dismiss that. It could be 100% true. We can't dismiss that. Because if we start dismissing that, that's how we start getting confused. And that's how the white supremacists win over us. Remember, confusion is their tactics. To get us, have us confused and have us thinking it's something else when it's not. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to dismiss that as maybe it's a stretch or not. No, it, it, it could be 100% true. It could be not. I don't know. But I will lean more to it being true. Because I don't want to sleep on them. You feel me? So yeah, um, that guy, John Conwell, it's a white supremacist. Um... You know, when you attack, you know, black people, the only two black people there, and, you know, and the system is already protecting you. Yeah, that's the white supremacist system already giving you an out. You know, talking about mentally ill. You know what I'm saying? But um, let's get into the topic because it's going to be a very long discussion. Understanding white supremacy, part three, and this is the last part. All right, the first part, I, I was break. Remember, there's nine areas of activity. The first part and the second part, I broke down six areas. You know, three on each episode, and this is the last one: entertainment, religion, and sex. Yes, white supremacy dominates entertainment, religion, and sex. And on each episode, I gave you guys two rules of understanding white supremacy. 
There's multiple layers to white supremacy. So yes, there's rules to this. Um, and on this episode, I'm gonna give you guys the last three rules. Okay. So as I always do, I'm gonna give you guys the three rules, give you examples of the three rules, and then go into the last three areas of activity and give you examples of the areas of activity white supremacists white supremacy i'm sorry white supremacy effects all right so let's get into this rule number five the black population must always be controlled now what does that mean the black population must always be controlled since the early exceptions of slavery oh actually no not even after slavery this whole um, ideology of lowering the body count of black people has been introduced and is prevalent from uh, olden days till now where you have white supremacist race soldiers shooting black people killing them with impunity and they do not get punished why do you think that is? We have to start connecting the dots. They want to control the black population. Don't believe me? How do you think Planned Parenthood got started? Planned Parenthood got started because of the eugenics program that a white supremacist female, white supremacist female feminist, started to get give black women abortions to control the population also you have the buck versus bell case the supreme court decision that basically makes it legal to sterilize women in prison and that's a hundred percent true you guys can look it up i believe it also affects men but mostly women black women so this is ways to control the black population so because once you get into zero growth or as they say negative zero growth because what they want to get to is more people dying than they're being born so that's a negative zero growth you can mathematically predict when the population of especially the black population will be eliminated through mathematics so that's what rule number five is and those are perfect examples right then and there six minimize the effects and significance of slavery and jim crow here i'm gonna repeat it one more time minimize the effects and significance of slavery and jim crow so what does that mean that means that when you hear people say, well, you wasn't there at that time. I wasn't there at that time. Stop talking about it. You guys have a victim mentality. Black people sold other black people too. That's rule number six. And they, they do this to basically shut you up saying like, listen, there's no more slavery, so you're you're good. You're not in chains anymore. So there's no such thing as oppression. That's it. You're good. There's no slavery. But as we know now, that's antebellum slavery. 
white supremacy has that was a one form of white supremacy white supremacy modernized and became more, more covert more under the table so you won't be able to see it but you'll be able to feel the effects from it so this is a couple of first of all let's tackle the the uh, black souls of the blacks narrative okay um there's a lot of holes in that logic because africa never had a slave-based economy whatsoever they never had a slave-based economy they never had um an economy that made a africa super rich by the shipments of slavery they never had boat companies because of slavery they never had insurance companies because of slavery okay that only happened with the europeans okay their economy boomed because cotton was king at that time with slavery africa never had a slave-based economy and the difference is that african slavery was very different from the european slavery now let me get into that african slavery wasn't just i'm gonna pillage and rape your community and i'm gonna take all your people with me no it was tribal wars so when two tribes got into war whoever won basically took their people you know like enemy enemies of war took them and now you work for us that's all that happened but it wasn't as savage as the european because it was basically like you're, you're working, but you're not dehumanized. You're working, but you're, you're not, um, your education isn't, um, you know, isn't illegal, you know? You're, you're working, but um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to basically use you and not, you know, treat you as one of me. You know what I'm saying? That only happened with the European. So it was extremely different. It was basically like going to work. Okay, we live here and you live next door and you just wake up and work for me and that's it. And after that, you're free to go. That's all it was. That's all it was. Because African people lived amongst each other and everything was good. And a lot of people like to say, do you have proof of this? Do you have proof of this? Because remember, you can't say nothing without proof. You know what I'm saying? So yes, we do have proof of this. There's a book by this African man who basically wrote a book of his encounter of being a slave in Africa and being a slave in the New World. He wrote a book. His name, oh, I'm going to fuck up his name, is Olungong Ngatu. I'll, I'll spell <laughs> I'll spell it for you guys. First name is O-L-A-U-D-A-H. Last name E-Q-U-I-A-N-O. So you guys can like look it up from there. He basically talked about his encounter on how what happened, uh, how how it went, and he basically said that everything was completely different from the European slavery. He never got beaten before. People were getting raped. People were getting abused. Their limbs, 
and 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 body parts dismembered. He said he never experienced, and he wrote a book about this. Afterwards, he wrote a book about this. And mind you, Africa never knew anything about it until later on, you know. But they never knew nothing about what was going on because they thought the European slavery was like their own slavery. That's the only difference, you know. That's the only difference. And this is a way to minimize, you know, the effects of Jim Crow and slavery. Saying, oh, you wasn't there. You wasn't there. Oh, stop talking about this. Because remember, this country was built by free African labor. The benefits that all white people have. Yes, all white people. White supremacists and non-white supremacists. All white people have still benefit to this day because of their complexion for protection. They still benefit to this day. How do they benefit to this day? I'll get to that in another episode. But they do benefit to this day because most of them, let me give you a little bit more, let me get more deep. Most of them weren't even considered white. Um, Italians and Irish weren't considered white. A lot of them weren't considered white. They turned white later on, but a lot of them weren't considered white. If you guys don't believe me, watch the movie Gangs of New York. They they touch base on this, but most of them weren't considered white. What a lot of them did, they would run away and change their name and put some new clothes on, and they became what they wanted to become, a white person. And guess what gave them the protection, their complexion. You feel me? So an Italian guy could just run away to another state, put on new clothes, and say, hey, I'm British. That's it. That's all he needed to do. Nobody will question that whatsoever. You know what I'm saying? But white people still benefit to this day for slavery because the same resources that was destitute out of us they still benefit you know what I'm saying they still benefit from that because remember racism has been ingrained in the society so when you walk into a job and there's a bunch of white people there and there's only one black person that's that's proof that it's affecting them it's they're benefiting from it that's proof right there The one black person that works there didn't take a job from a white person. That white person that was going to get that job became his boss. So don't, don't, you know, be very weary about that trick. And rule number seven, create policies to keep black economically non-competitive. So creating policies to economically deprive black people so they won't compete with us do we have proof of that yes we do it's called black wall street tulsa oklahoma this place was a booming black economy all right booming you have black businesses all over the place you have black uh, barbershops black um realtors black um taxi companies black buses black everything this place was so black i think if you if the whitest person walked in there they'll turn black you know it was a booming economy 
or just black excellence. What ended up happening was the local sheriff got into a plane, got, got dynamites with them and started bombing the place up. The first time in history that an American city got bombed by another American. You know what I'm saying? First time ever. Um, and that's what ended up happening. And they, he, they demolished that whole community. They demolished that whole community. And that's another way of, of proof. What's happening now? You have some black businesses that... This actually... There's proof of this. You have some black businesses that... Um, that want to get basically shut down. Undercover detectives come in and stick um, cocaine under the, the cash register without nobody knowing. And they raid the whole place and shut the whole thing down. This happened a couple of years ago, actually. There was a oh, there was evidence of it. You guys could Google it. This happens. This happens. So, yes, you have to keep... That's rule number seven. Keep black people economically deprived, economically depressed, so they won't compete with us. You know what I'm saying? Those are, those are the three rules. And the next three areas of activity I'm going to talk about is entertainment, religion, and sex. So, number seven, entertainment. How do you... How does white supremacy affects entertainment? When you think about entertainment, you think about sports, um, the Oscars, you know, you think about, you know, every other thing. And I'm going to just stick to one. I'm not going to go through the whole gamut of white supremacy in entertainment. You guys can figure that out. But I'm going to just stick to one. So let's say sports, right? How does white supremacy affect sports? Easily, you have NFL players calling their players, NFL owners, I'm sorry, NFL owners calling their players inmates and slaves. Donald Sterling, in that tape, called his players slaves. That's a form of white supremacy. There's this book called Million Dollar Slave. You guys should, should, should actually um, get it. And it talks about how these millionaires... You know, give all this money to these black players, you know, and they cannot speak out about injustices that happens to their community or they'll get blackballed. What's happening to Colin Kaepernick? He's talking about injustice and they changed this whole narrative about disrespecting troops and the flag and everything else. And my brother's getting blackballed and he can't even work right now because nobody's going to give him work. That's another form of what that's that's basically a, you know that's white supremacy right then and there. That's proof. You know what I'm saying? So when you have um, a player that wants to talk about injustice and he's controlled by white money, you're not independent. You're not economically independent. You're still controlled. Don't get fooled by that. You're still controlled. So that's why you got the Ray Lewis's out here. You know. Talking all this crazy talk. You know what I'm saying? No. You gotta be... You You have to be very smart when you're dealing with these white supremacists. And unfortunately right now, our, our dude, Colin Kaepernick, is basically being blackballed because of... He's, because he chose to speak out about injustice. 
you know that's a you know that's a form of white supremacy right there that's proof that that white supremacy affects that religion white supremacy affects religion how does white supremacy affects religion because we're told to relish and honor and pray to white deities white gods especially in christianity I'm going to I'm going to say something that probably is going to blow everybody's heads off. In the Bible it says that Jesus is black. Don't believe me? Look at the Bible. I think it's Revelations 14 and 15. It says woolly white hair and skin of bronze. Last time I checked, white people don't have skin of bronze. Oh, only what black people do. Just saying. Even the early depictions of Jesus is black. The very early depictions of Jesus is black. So, when you want to depict... Actually, I'm sorry. No, when you want to control a group of people, the first thing you do is control them religiously. And then the next thing you do is control them economically, and then you control them by force. Alright? But... You got to control them religiously. Why? Because the mind is the strongest thing. Once you got somebody mentally, it's it's over. Look at pimps. You know, look at pimps. Why do these girls do what, what they do and then come right back and give them all their money? They're the one working because they got them controlled mentally. You know what I'm saying? Mentally. But once, once you start honoring a deity that has white skin and blue eyes which you know again the earlier depictions of Jesus it's not white he's black in the Bible again it says it don't believe me Google the shit white people has have even said it a bunch of years ago the I think I believe Discovery Channel the National Geographic found I think a skeleton of the earliest um, closest relative of Jesus They did a facial reconstruction surgery My dude looks like a black African White people have even said it So this is not even up for debate Okay Jesus is black Alright There's earlier depictions of Christianity being um, Practiced in Ethiopia Long time ago Alright But anyway When you Pray to a person That is white and you're not has blue eyes and you're not psychologically you're gonna start looking at your oppressors as godlike as a deity there's a lot of people that tell me whenever they hear a black person say something they don't believe it but when they hear a white person say something they end up believing it that's very strong right there there's a reason for that there's a lot of people that say that whenever they're around black people, they 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 don't feel they feel on edge or they feel you know it's like whatever. But when they're around white people, they feel a lot more safer. There's something about that we have to address it. There's a reason for that. So white supremacy, of course, controls religion. Of course, controls religion because, for example, Christianity. There's Latin churches, black churches, and white churches. There shouldn't be a separation of church. We're all Christian. We should all just come into one church. You know what I'm saying? But of course, the um, the religion is not Christianity. The religion is white supremacy. 
Because let's be honest, who is the most religious people out of everybody? Black and Latin people. All right? I've been to both church. Actually, I've been to all three churches. Okay? I've been to the Latin church. They wild out people, you know, bugging out, doing backflips, the Holy Spirit, and all the other stuff. There's no difference to a black church. No difference. Everybody singing, bugging out, doing backflips, Holy Spirit, everything. The same thing. There's no difference. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. The only difference might be the food. But Latin and black people, we all celebrate, you know, celebrate Jesus. I mean, God, the same way. The same way. We have that, that soul. We have that connection when we start, um, you know, celebrating something that we feel so closely related to, especially as religion. You know, we, we start praising and it, it's, it feels like a ceremony. It feels like a big ceremony where everybody gets in mentally, they get connected, and they start music and everything, the spirit and all this other stuff. When you go to a white church, everybody sounds dead. Everybody sounds like, uh, feels like they don't even want to be there because it's not their religion. I'm telling you, it's not their religion. This is what you hear in a white church. We're going to take the bread. That shit sounds boring as shit. This, that shit sounds boring as hell. At least in our churches, we got instruments. You know what I'm saying? But, and that was just a little comedic take on how the, the differences of churches is. But still, that's the whole point. You know, that white supremacy controls religion. You know what I'm saying? And now the last one, sex. White supremacy controls sex. Now, how does white supremacy control sex? Well, when you can dominate someone socially, you could definitely dominate them sexually. Now, you have... um, Let's go back to slavery. You had a lot of... Um, who's seen the movie? Probably guys seen the movie Django. And remember that scene where that black girl was basically the slave master's mistress or whatever? And she was, you know, all happy and whatever the case is. And she didn't care what was happening outside. She was inside getting smashed. You know what I'm saying? And... That was a confusion right there because in her mind she wasn't being treated the same. So she so to, in her mind she's like, oh I'm good. I made it. You know what I'm saying? So that's how white supremacy controls sex. It's to the point where when one of us has sex with a white woman, we think that oh shit, I'm fucking the racism out of this white bitch. Shit, my dick is... You know what I'm saying? Which is not true. Because once they get out that bed, they're still going to practice white supremacy. You know what I'm saying? Sex is being used to control us, to confuse us. Look at Kanye. Kanye was talking all that pro-black shit, right? He was talking all that pro-black shit. George Bush hates black people. Kim Kardashian comes along. And my man saying slavery was a choice. 
sex is being used to control us. Let's not get it confused. Back in the day, sex was being used to control us to the point where they started making new races called the mulatto race. And in reality, the mulatto, there's no such thing as a mulatto race or mixed race. You're gonna come out black no matter what. But the thing is that that was used as a buffer to come between the white and the black race because a lot of those mulattoes during slavery ended up becoming the overseers for black people. And those mulattoes started seeing themselves as white. They started seeing themselves as white. And it's very crazy that a lot of people now who are mixed, major, uh, not majority, but a lot of them, don't see themselves as black. Um, I have a, I'm going to say a very personal story of mine um, that will drive the point home. I have a, I have a friend, a black friend, but she's mixed and she likes to make that a point. She's, um, I'm saying, oh, you're black. No, 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 I'm not black. I'm not black. I'm white and black, but you are majority black. You, you know, you look black. Anybody that doesn't know you, you're, you're black. You're black. No, 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 but I'm mixed. You know what I'm saying? Because her, uh, you know, her dad is black and her mom is white. Her mom is the one that told her that shit. No, 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 you're not black. You're white also. That white supremacy right then and there causes that confusion to the point where she ended up marrying a white supremacist. At, at that time, I didn't know my man was a white supremacist or not, but he ended up showing his true colors after I added him on Facebook. Well, we added each other on Facebook. And I started spewing all this pro-black shit. My man started feeling offended to the point where whenever I saw him in social gatherings, my man will get drunk and actually have the courage to confront me about my ideas. And this dude had a bunch of white supremacist ideology, I'm telling you. To the point where we had a small little debate in my car where he called his wife, mind you, he's a white guy, with a black woman that sees herself mixed and she has already these ideologies, negative ideologies of black people and she doesn't date no one black because of some stupid ass reasons. She only dates white and she, you know, this is what people call a Negro bedwinch but whatever. Little debate that me and him had in, our, uh, in my car and she was present for that. My friend, my former friend actually, was present for that and Guess what? He ended up calling her a black bitch. How can I be a white supremacist when I'm married to this black bitch? She wasn't mixed then. She was all type of black this and black that. To the point where they get into little arguments and he started calling her the N-word. Left and right. Left and right. She's not mixed then. Where, where's, where's, your, where's your mix? Where's your mixed privilege? Where's your mixed privilege? You know what I'm saying? So this is something very real. This is something very real to the point where here, I'm actually going to read something from a blog that came across. This is a couple of years old. It's, it's you know, type old, but it's called my husband's unconscious racism nearly destroyed our marriage. You guys can find this on, on uh, Google. 
but it's a black woman that basically married a white guy. You know, once again, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with interracial relationships. Don't try to confuse this. Not saying there's anything wrong with it. But when you have a system in place and you start thinking these ideologies, it becomes very dangerous. Now, let me um, let me read this. Um, blah, 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 blah. All right. Um, she changed her husband's name to Kevin, all right? So she says, Then I met Kevin. We met the geekiest way possible. He saw a picture of me in the cosplay outfit. You know, she likes to wear this cosplay shit. You know what I'm saying? Wanted to know more. Followed my blog. And then found my profile on a dating site. And asked me uh, at DragonCon. Or asked me to meet me at DragonCon. Alright. Everything about that impressed me. I love the idea of some guy being willing to do little um, legwork to find me. Especially blah blah blah. Okay, okay, okay. And... Uh, he, st- um, he stayed up in front that we wanted to get to know me better and asked me on a date. In a society where people are hanging out and chilling and hooking up, meaning anything from a light kissing session and to a night full-blown sex, being direct was important. So she's already, you know, saying how, you know, they met up and all this other stuff and blah, 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 blah. This is what is kind of interesting. There was only one concern. He was white. I've been in the dating scene for a while. And while I think race shouldn't matter, I definitely knew it did. I met my share of white men looking for a Nubian goddess. And she puts in parentheses. Their words, not mine. Um... Or the ones who believed the black woman would offer some kind of freaky, wild sexual experience. That's another thing. Um, uh, white guys, especially white men who have sex with uh, black women, they kind of having gutter sex. That's how they feel it. Gutter sex. There's a lot of porn with that too. A lot of porn um, kind of exploits that. Um, like ghetto gaggers and all this other bullshit. But that's how they see it, as gutter sex, as I'm doing something very freaky that I shouldn't, it's like taboo, I shouldn't be doing it. You know what I'm saying? All right, let me continue. I, I met white men who wanted to demean and defile me, white men who wanted to dominate or be dominated by me, and white men who just wanted to check a black woman off their sexual bucket list. Not to mention the ones who thought that being with uh, with me somehow made them edgy or proven they wasn't racist. Again, these are uh, big, big clues. Big clues. Let me uh, continue. She continues. Needless to say, dating white men was kind of tiring. I had to constantly be on guard, prepare myself for their racist comments. <laughs> Uh, yeah, racist comments, okay. And I knew they were coming. I, I knew there would be a point where I have to talk about why I could say the N-word and they couldn't. Uh, another one, okay. I knew there'd be a 
conversation about black and black crime. Ah, there you go. Black and black crime. You gotta really watch out for that one. That's another big clue. But she continues. Being with Kevin felt like a refuge from sexism. At the time, that seemed more immediate and easier to address than the racism that surrounded me. And then she continues, blah, 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 blah. Let me uh, kind of fast forward this a little bit. Ah, he goes with the, with the juice. He's the juicy part. His close friends were all white men and their spouses. His family is mostly white. His co-workers, mostly white. And the more serious our relationships got, the more I was spending half my time at least surrounded by all white people. I, While I'd gone to predominantly white schools and worked in mostly white companies, I never had so many white people suddenly in my immediate spaces. Uh, here it goes. It gets more juicier. And it affected me a lot. I was constantly pulled out of spaces where I felt comfortable and pushed into spaces that I felt isolating. We lived in Atlanta where multiracial, multi-ethnic options are everywhere, yet we were always isolated with his friends. I was required to visit all white neighborhoods, businesses, and events. Many of his friends lived in all white fight zones, suburban areas where white people moved to avoid downfall urban areas that's very telling that's very very telling they had like little sundown towns you know what i'm saying i think she addresses that too i was constantly required to go to the atlanta county still referred to as sundown town i think i told you guys about the sundown town um basically a town where if we catch black people here when the sun is down um, we're able to, you know, basically kill you or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Anyway, she continues. It was in one of these predominantly white spaces, a restaurant with mostly white clientele that I first ran headlong into Kevin's unrealized racism. Come on, unrealized? You, you knew he, my man was racist off the jump. But whatever, you know, this is how sex confuses us. I just learned that he and all his friends carry around four-inch pocket knives. And I was kind of freaked out about it. My weapons tend to be off-label weapons like my keys, a pen, and my purse. I only had one friend that carried a gun and nobody carried knives. Now I was sitting surrounded by armed white men. When I pointed out that they were all carrying weapons, they laughed. Didn't I know and knives were just for opening boxes? I could have been arrested or, or killed for carrying something like that, regardless of what I plan to do with it. Unlike them, they wouldn't face any consequences for bringing weapons to a restaurant. And this is crazy. Kevin shrugs at my observation and said, at least we don't have to worry about being shot. That is very telling. That is extremely telling. Because he already knows what black people are going through. But he still practices the same system that, you know, benefits him. You know what I'm saying? 
but here, here we go. Here's some, here's some more. This is how I realized I was dating a racist man. And this is, this is something we all have to realize. Whenever we are dating someone in the dominant society, there was, there are always going to be little clues here and there, here and there, here and there. But I'm not going to get long. But here, here it goes. Kevin didn't understand what he'd done wrong, but he knew he'd fucked up. He wanted to know how and why. I told him that this assumption that we were safe from shootings because we were in all white restaurants, that a, a, a predominantly black restaurant would be more likely to have shooting was shitty, ignorant, and racist. When he pushed back, I pointed out that he and his friends were all carrying weapons. What the fuck did they need that, them for, for dinner? And it goes on and goes on. But guess what? Throughout the whole thing, she ends up marrying this racist fucker. And she basically ends up saying that I want to know if there's any way of saving my marriage from him being racist. That's basically it. You guys could go read it. Um, the article is called My Husband's Unconscious Racism Nearly Destroyed Our Marriage. You guys could check that out. But this is an example of how sex is used to dominate us. We start getting confused and starts thinking that we're part of the white crowd and these people won't get up and start, you know, using white supremacy to their advantage. You know, slave masters used to have sex with their slaves. You know what I'm saying? That's something that we shouldn't get confused about. But I told you guys it was going to be a long show. Um, Sorry if I was dragging this whole thing on. Had a lot to talk about. Um, uh, go follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Radical underscore Latino underscore. Also, follow my YouTube page, The Radical Latino. You know, you'll find the podcast and other videos that I put up, you know. And hopefully soon I start, you know, making uh, independent videos there. Um, I'm still working on other things, you know, independent videos there that uh, you guys will enjoy. Also, if you guys want to leave a voicemail, again, I don't have that many voicemails. Just keep it coming in. The number is 609-948-4194. Leave a voicemail for the show. Let me know what y'all think, what y'all want to talk about, and I'll answer it on the next episode, okay? Have a good one, guys. Peace.